In the world of college football, respect and the perks that come with it aren't easily attainable. But for South Carolina, they're starting to get every bit of the respect that they deserve. You are Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, your show for the latest headlines and potential storylines on South Carolina Gamecock athletics. I am Andrew Lyon, the host of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, and also a staff writer for Gamecocks Digest over on SI.com. Thank y'all so much for making the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your first listen or watch here today. We are free and available both on YouTube and where we get your audio podcasts daily. Before we get into today's edition of Lockdown Gamecocks, I want to let y'all know that today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Make every moment more by visiting fanduel.com slash lockdown today to get started. We've got a lot to dive into on this Thursday edition of Locked On Gamecocks. We're going to talk about some intriguing news that's come out regarding South Carolina's first opponent in their regional that will take place this upcoming weekend. Shane Beamer also made his opinion known on the Palmetto Bowl and how he feels about the future strength of schedule for South Carolina. We'll dive into that in a little bit. But before we touch on all that, South Carolina got some pretty big news over the past couple of days regarding the time slots for a couple of their first few games in this upcoming football season, as they are going to get multiple prime time slots, which is indicative of the fact that the college football world is beginning to respect Shane Beamer and the Gamecocks more than they have over the past few seasons. Regarding the primetime slots that the Gamecocks are receiving, it was originally reported, I believe, back on Tuesday afternoon that South Carolina will be playing the Georgia Bulldogs at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time on CBS. It's going to be the first SEC on CBS game in CBS's final season with the SEC Conference. So, pretty big deal for South Carolina to get that game. But the other primetime game that South Carolina got was their game against North Carolina as the Gamecocks will be facing the Tar Heels in Charlotte on September the 2nd at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time live on ABC. Essentially getting pretty much the best primetime slot of the evening on that particular day. When looking at those two games... South Carolina is one of only four teams that is going to get two primetime slots in the first three weeks. The other three teams being West Virginia, Florida, and Texas A&M. So why is this a big deal? Well, there's a couple of reasons why it's a big deal. First of all, this is recognition of what Shane Beamer and South Carolina have done in the past year or two. It is a change of direction for these television networks and how they view South Carolina's football program. Because, let's be honest, just a couple of years ago, especially between the seasons of 2019 and 2021, these big networks were probably trying to steer clear of South Carolina as much as possible. And admittedly, 
the Gamecocks did not really give a whole lot of reason for them to give them a serious look. But now, while South Carolina's not the total reason that they're probably getting both of these primetime slots, they've definitely made the decision a lot easier for these network executives. And when looking at what happened late last season, where the Gamecocks knocked off two top 10 teams and college football playoff contenders in Tennessee and Clemson, having those kind of wins will do that for your football program. For those of y'all that are curious, the last time that South Carolina played in an SEC on CBS game was back in 2019 in week three when they faced the Alabama Crimson tie. So it's been a long time since the Gamecocks have been featured on CBS Sports. Here's the thing. At the end of the day, while I know some fans have probably been clamoring for some of these networks to put the Gamecocks on more, the bottom line is these media giants want headlines. Not only good teams, but headlines to go along with them. And South Carolina is finally giving them reason to be on those proverbial front pages and in these primetime slots. And here's the thing, South Carolina, this might not be the only exposure that they get in terms of these two slots specifically. They could get college game day in week one with their matchup against the North Carolina Tar Heels. If you look at that schedule, there's not really a whole lot of impressive games on Saturday for that weekend. And you've got multiple headlines to use there. Spencer Rattler versus Drake May at quarterback. And of course, the 2021 Dukes Mayo Bowl, a game in which South Carolina just basically throttled the Tar Heels. And their matchup against the Tennessee Volunteers a couple weeks down the road could also wind up being the SEC on CBS game of the week. And for that game, well, the headline's obvious. South Carolina, again, just demolished the Volunteers this past fall. How does Tennessee bounce back from that? Or can Spencer Rattler have a potential near-repeat of what he did last November? And the other thing that these primetime games are going to do for South Carolina is give them massive exposure to the rest of the country. We've talked about this before on the show. How do you get your name your brand, and your identity out there as a football program. Exposure. It's the easiest way to reach the masses, to reach players and families of prospects that you might not otherwise be able to get to so easily. It's going to allow high school prospects to see the culture that South Carolina has here above all else. It's going to allow them to see the team's identity, Beamer Ball 2.0, They'll be able to see star players take the field for South Carolina and Spencer Rattler, Juice Wells, Nick Emmonworry, and they'll also get to see highly tired freshmen take the field more than likely in week one with guys like Nicholas Harper at wide receiver, maybe Vakari Swain at the cornerback spot, Grayson Puff Powered at linebacker, and probably plenty of others as well. So needless to say, it's not just the recognition That's got to be noted here for Shane Beamer and South Carolina's football program. But it's also the perks that come with that. With the main perk, of course, being the exposure. Now, it's going to be up to Shane Beamer and the Gamecocks to take full advantage of the opportunities that they are getting. Because trust me, as quickly as some of these media networks will start to show you some love when you give them reason to... If South Carolina turns around and flops in the 2023 season, maybe they don't win any of their big games on the schedule, then very quickly you'll see them not get these kind of games in 2024. So 
You can't strike out swinging, essentially. You got to be able to foul off a few pitches and eventually get yourself a base hit or maybe even a home run in a couple of these games. Now, for all of you everydayers of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast, first of all, I really appreciate you for always tuning in and making us your daily choice for South Carolina Gamecock sports coverage. But if you recall our Wednesday show, we talked about the potential for the nine-game model and South Carolina's rivalry with Clemson putting the Gamecocks at a disadvantageous position. And there might be some fans out there that have been questioning, you know, what is the future of the Palmetto Bowl if South Carolina does go to a nine-game SEC schedule? Well, Shane Beamer gave his full thoughts on the Palmetto Bowl down in Destin on Wednesday afternoon. And we're going to dive into what all he said in just a couple moments right here on Locked On Gamecocks. But first, today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet does not capitalize. Later tonight at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, the Miami Heat and the Denver Nuggets will play in Game 1 of the NBA Finals. I talked about the Miami Heat on the Wednesday show and what the odds were for them. But the Denver Nuggets, they are the favorites going into the Finals. They are 9-point favorites in Game 1 according to FanDuel, and the money line for the Nuggets is set at minus 375. If you think the Joker's going to have his way with Bam Adebayo and the Miami Heat front court, then put some money down on that money line, and it's probably some easy money back on your first bet with FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel is an official sports betting partner of the NBA. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back to today's edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day. All right, now let's dive into Shane Beamer's comments that he had on the Palmetto Bowl down in Destin, Florida on Wednesday, as he was talking to some media members in a gaggle interview type setting, and the question was broached to Shane Beamer. If the SEC goes to a nine-game model and... Of course, you got the Palmetto Bowl with the Clemson Tigers. Are you going to want that rivalry to be preserved? And also, what could it do in terms of strength of schedule? How do you try to find a balance with all of that? And this is what Shane Beamer had to say regarding both of those questions. Shane, in terms of the schedule, we've heard that you know teams with a non-SEC rival, the, the eight games might be the preference. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you see a way to 
preserve the Clemson rivalry if the conference were to, to vote on nine? Yeah, I would want to. I mean, I know how important that Clemson game is to the people of our state, and, and I think it's great for college football. And so I don't want to lose. Uh, I don't want to lose that Clemson game without a doubt. So you know, that's something that we haven't even discussed. Not playing that game is something I certainly want to continue to. And and uh, certainly not everybody in the SEC plays. Uh, Top ten perennial, perennial top five program at the end of the raw at the end of the season. But you know we love that from a competitive standpoint. I love it from a rivalry standpoint and college athletics standpoint. How do you balance sort of the strength of schedule against number of wins against you know, the, the conference schedule with all of this conversation going on? Yeah, that's uh, for other people to you know figure <laughs> out. But I think when you look at when you look at who we play whether it be eight conference games, nine conference games, plus Clemson, plus you look at our conference schedule coming up. I know we got App State, we got Virginia Tech, we got Miami, just the, the ones in the next uh, four or five years. And, um, and that's as tough a schedule year in, year out as anybody plays. And oh, this year, I mean, finishing with Clemson, starting with North Carolina and playing SEC games in between, um, not easy either. So it's part of it. So my overall takeaway from Shane Beamer's answers that he gave there in that clip and soundbite is uh, – it seems like that Shane Beamer is embracing the challenge that the nine-conference game model and Clemson and the non-conference slate would bring to South Carolina. So, to get into this discussion, let's start off with his point on Clemson. It's very clear, based on what Shane Beamer said there, that he wants to keep the Palmetto Bowl. And again, as I made very clear on the Wednesday show, I believe that everybody is in favor of doing that. I'm in favor of doing it. And now the head coach of South Carolina has stated very clearly he wants to keep the Palmetto Bowl. So that's a good thing right there. He also made it a point to mention that basically the rest of the SEC, they don't have to deal with what South Carolina's got to deal with. And the fact that, you know, they get to play their whole conference slate. And one of those conference games for the majority of the rest of the conference is their in-state rival or their rivalry game for the season. Well, for South Carolina, they got to face Clemson plus all of their conference opponents. And I think that with that particular point, Champion was trying to accomplish one particular goal, and that was to prop up South Carolina's football program and their overall mentality surrounding their schedule. South Carolina, they have a pillar of the program that is basically competing. You compete at everything that you do. You compete in practice. You compete in workouts. You compete during games. You are always competing. Nothing is given to you. Nothing is earned. Shane Beamer has touted that several times since he became South Carolina's head football coach, and it's something that he doesn't just expect out of the players, but he also says that he expects it out of his coaches. He essentially expects this out of everybody that is associated with the football program and so what he is saying or what he is conveying with that answer that he gave regarding how South Carolina is the team that has the toughest schedule because of Clemson being at the end is the fact that you know South Carolina is not afraid of the challenge they're not afraid to play eight conference games plus their game against Clemson and that leads me into sort of the second point here another interesting point from his answers that he gave in that clip in his answer to the second question coach Beamer brought up multiple future non-conference games 
like App State, Miami, and Virginia Tech. All teams that South Carolina's going to play sometime in the next four, five, six years or so. And then he went back and referenced the schedule for 2023, knowing the fact that, hey, South Carolina is going to be playing eight conference games in 2023, obviously. But they're also going to be playing North Carolina Week 1, who was the ACC runner-ups this past fall, and then the Clemson Tigers, their in-state rivals at the end of the season, and a team that won the ACC championship back in 2022. And I think that Shane Beamer brought that up again, specifically as if to say, we're already basically doing this right now. In terms of you know playing a schedule that from top to bottom is just loaded with really tough opponents. So in terms of the game aspect, this isn't changing a whole lot for South Carolina. And again, I do think that part of that was to convey that, look, South Carolina is not afraid to go through any wall that they have to in order to progress on and off the football field. South Carolina is playing 10 Power 5 opponents this upcoming season. The only two teams that aren't Power 5 opponents are the Furman Paladins and the Jacksonville State Gamecocks, who are now a group of five team at the FBS level. So when looking at the totality of Shane Beamer's two answers here, it seems like that he might be okay with going to a nine-game schedule and keeping the Palmetto Bowl alive against the Clemson Tigers. That he'd be also fine with keeping some of their future non-conference games because he wants his team to have to compete in order to get to where they want to go. That is what I got from Shane's answers there. And this is in stark contrast to what some national guys have been reporting in terms of where these SEC programs stand on the eight-game versus nine-game scheduling debate. Because I've seen some people that have reported that South Carolina is straddling the fence, saying that you know they'd be okay with either model or if they're unsure. And I've seen other reports that say South Carolina favors the eight-game model more than the nine-game model. And I've also seen a ton of people that have just assumed that the teams that might support the eight-game model are all just the lower-earning revenue teams in the conference, and that basically, oh, they're just scared to get another loss on their schedule. Well, if you include South Carolina in that group, based on what Shane Beamer said in the clip I played a couple minutes ago, it doesn't seem like that's the case. Now, obviously, Coach Beamer still does not make the final call here in terms of what South Carolina does do. That's left up to the school presidents in the SEC when it comes down to the final vote. But clearly, President Armoritis and Athletic Director Ray Tanner, I think that they would take the feedback from Coach Beamer very seriously because it is his program at the end of the day. They're not leading the program. Shane Beamer is. So I don't think that we should overlook what he said, not just with, obviously, the series against Clemson and what he said about that, but also the little things that he sort of hinted at in terms of the fact that, again, South Carolina's not afraid to schedule multiple Power 5 non-con opponents. And, you know, App State, Miami, Virginia Tech, maybe South Carolina doesn't just scrub them off the schedule like a lot of people outside the SEC and nationally would probably assume. Maybe they actually will keep these games on the docket. And if South Carolina does that, I think that they'll have a newfound level of respect in the SEC and in college football as a whole because they are willing to challenge themselves that much. Now, again, some might argue that, you know, you're putting the players more at risk. But, 
Again, we, we can't dive fully into that conversation until we fully know what all is going to happen with the scheduling model in the SEC. And also, once that scheduling model decision is made, how does South Carolina react to all of that? We'll find out more, of course, as time wears on. But it was certainly interesting to hear those comments from Shane Beamer on the Palmetto Bowl and also the question surrounding the balance of strength of schedule with the future SEC scheduling model. All right, now to cap off this Thursday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, let's switch gears and talk about South Carolina's baseball team, who will be taking the field on Friday night for their first game of regional play against the Central Connecticut State Blue Devils. That's a mouthful right there. But in this case, I actually don't want to talk about the Gamecocks specifically, but I want to discuss Central Connecticut State and some big-time news that came from their head coach himself on Wednesday. As the Blue Devils head coach, Charlie Hickey, said on 107.5 The Game on Wednesday afternoon that Central Connecticut State will not have their best pitcher on the mound on Friday night. Dominic Nyman is the ace pitcher for the Blue Devils. And if you want to know just how good Dominic is, well... Here's his stats and achievements. He was the Northeast Conference Pitcher of the Year in 2023, and his stat line backs it up completely. He has a 12-2 win-loss record, a 2.76 ERA, and an 8.29 strikeout-to-walk ratio. I don't care what level of baseball you play. I don't care what conference you play in. That is a phenomenal ratio right there. But that was not the only piece of bad news, I guess, for the Blue Devils, as Central Connecticut State's best hitter, Ramon Jimenez, will also not be taking the field on Friday night, as he will be serving a one-game suspension. And Jimenez, statistically, is by far the Blue Devils' best bat, putting together a 347 batting average, a 1.064 OPS, 11 homers, and 57 rippies, throughout the regular season and their conference tournament. So, with both of these pieces of news here, there's one of two things that is going on with Central Connecticut State. First of all, Central Connecticut State could be waving the white flag, simply put, on their game against South Carolina and want to save their best pitcher for their second game. You will see a lot of teams that are on the lower end of these regionals sometimes make these kind of calls in the sense where if they feel like they're facing a team that from a talent standpoint just completely outmatches them from top to bottom, then the last thing that that team is going to want to do is put out their ace pitcher on the mound and it be all for nothing, essentially. A team like Central Connecticut State they got to play chess and hope that their opponents are going to play checkers when it comes to strategy. So you could see how the Blue Devils could come down to the decision that, you know, hey, South Carolina, look, even with the injuries they've had, even with the slump they've had recently, they are by far the best team in this region from a talent standpoint. And we would be idiots to put our best pitcher on the mound to face off against their lineup on Friday. So that could be one thing that's taking place here. The other thing that could be happening that's led to Nyman being essentially saved for Saturday for the Blue Devils is maybe Central Connecticut State feels like without Ramon Jimenez in their batting lineup, they won't be able to contend with the Gamecocks pitching staff. 
So kind of going along the lines of the first possibility I just mentioned, but this time in the reverse. Maybe they feel like that Sacramento's pitching staff will overpower their batting lineup. Because here's the thing. I mentioned Ramon Jimenez's stats earlier. All pretty impressive, even for a guy at his level. But when you look at the second best marks for each of those statistical categories that I referenced earlier, there is a drop-off in each one. The second best Blue Devil batter has a 336 batting average. The second best OPS on the team is 955. The second best home run count is 8. And the second best RBI count is 38. 19 less runs batted in than Ramon Jimenez. So obviously, in terms of being able to get those big hits, the extra base hits and home runs, it seems like outside of Ramon Jimenez, there's just not a lot of really powerful bats in this Blue Devils lineup. And again, that's not maybe a total shock considering the level of competition that they face and that they are presiding in every single year. So either way, this is obviously good news for South Carolina. You know, it's not like that the Gamecocks needed to see both of these guys on the bench for this Friday night game against Central Connecticut State, but it's going to help them out even more. You know, I'm not going to make a guarantee, but it makes it a lot more likely now South Carolina will move on to the winner's bracket instead of the loser's bracket, which, of course, is a big deal when you're playing in these double elimination style tournaments. You don't want to be in that loser's bracket from the jump because all that's going to do is make your road a lot tougher. It puts a lot more pressure on your ball club, and you do not want to have your players go through all of that, especially for South Carolina because of what all they've been dealing with for the last five to six weeks. They're just starting to get healthy. The last thing that you would have wanted in this regional is an opening game loss to Central Connecticut State. With Dominic Nyman and Ramon Jimenez both being out of Friday night's game, it makes it a lot more likely that the Gamecocks will not have a whole lot of trouble when they play the Blue Devils in Founders Park. So with that being said, y'all, that is going to do it for today's show of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast. I hope y'all thoroughly enjoyed today's show. As always, what are y'all's thoughts on South Carolina getting two primetime games early on in the season? What do you think that it means for Shane Beamer and his program? What are your thoughts on Shane Beamer's comments regarding the Palmetto Bowl and trying to balance out the strength of schedule in future scheduling years? And also, what is your opinion on the news regarding Central Connecticut State's best players being out for Friday night's game against South Carolina. No matter what your opinions are, let me know down below in the comments section if you watch today's show on YouTube or if you listen to today's show on an audio podcast app, should be direct message on Twitter at a line underscore SC. I do enjoy interacting with all of y'all, so I really want to hear what all of y'all think regarding all of these little bits and pieces of news. Thank y'all so much for tuning in to this Thursday edition of Lockdown Gamecocks. Have a great rest of your Thursday, and I will catch y'all on the next show of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast.